Hello all, this is Tom with Conversations for a Better Life, another episode for you. Um, Not going to be a very long intro, just to say that this is an episode focusing on Miles and my uh, experiences with therapy. I hope it brings some uh, insight if you are going through therapy or if you have never been through the process, um, just to know what our stories kind of are. So, hope you enjoy. Have a good day. Okay, welcome back. Uh, This is Tom, once again joined by Miles. Uh, Today we are going to be talking about therapy. Seems to be a pretty significant part of our lives, uh, dealing with our mental health. Um, And so yeah, we thought we would talk a little bit about our experiences, about how therapy has helped us along our path, maybe times when it hasn't been so good. so yeah, the, the first thing we have here is uh, how do you know when you need a therapist? Um, I don't know if you had any particular thoughts about that, Miles. I mean, I feel like um, like I, I went for a long time um, not having a therapist. I think the first time I had a therapist was after college. Um, I think I was about 23 years old, um, really struggling with a lot of different things when it came to my mental health, my spiritual life. So it all kind of came to a head at once, and I finally decided that I need to do something about it. But I've been dealing with a lot of those things for, you know, probably five years before that, before I decided that that was something I was going to do. Um, so I, I probably waited to find a therapist much longer than I should have. Um, not sure if you, everyone if you does. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I didn't know if there was like some big uh, precipitating event that like um, started you down that path. Like I, I, I can't. My memory is terrible, but I can't remember like one thing where I was like, Oh my God, I need to go see a therapist. I think it was just, I was in a job that I didn't like and wasn't succeeding and I was very unhappy. So I, I think someone recommended, I think someone, maybe even my family recommended that I go see a therapist and the person that they recommended, um, I couldn't get to, uh, see me during like, uh, after business hours. So I just ended up finding someone that had that kind of flexibility. So there was no like particular event that, um, that I can recall that instigated me um, going to and seeking out a therapist. I didn't know if you had a different experience. Uh, yeah, I've been in therapy in some capacity since I was, I think, in second grade. Um, when I was younger, my parents split up, and uh, I had some anger behavioral issues that I had to sort out. And, um, uh, you know, I saw somebody for a while. I just got to talk things out, play therapy. His name was Dr. Brogan, he was incredible, and he, um, I remember I saw him on my birthday one time, and he bought me a birthday cake, and we had cake during our session. I just thought it was the coolest thing you know to do for a kid. Hmm. Um, yeah. they just, just just really really human, you know. Um, but uh, then it kind of dropped off for a while until I went to uh, high school and I saw a guy for a while because I had some issues with depression and. Just general unhappiness, existential issues, and uh, he was really helpful in kind of dealing with a lot of the crap that comes along with high school. Um, and then it sort of dropped off again until uh, my junior year of college, and uh, I got a bad reaction to some medicine that I was taking. Uh, it was a depression med, and so I was taking uh, like Ritalin and depression meds, which... Um, 
as has been mentioned on this podcast before, I don't have depression. I have bipolar disorder. Yeah. So you're you're throwing the wrong medicine at the at the at the right thing, and it's just not hitting where it's supposed to, you know. Um, and I got really strung out one night uh, and checked myself into a hospital because I was thinking about hurting myself, and um, I spent a week in the hospital and. When I got out, I came out with a new diagnosis and meds that actually worked. And um, ever since then, really, pretty consistently, I've been in therapy. Um, so, you know, that scary, scary thing uh, really helped me. Um, but that was before I got married, yeah. before I had kids, before I started working as a teacher. So, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, things have happened since then that I'm really thankful that I've had a person to process with to get through those things um, in order to... Um, you know, survive all of them uh, and and keep my sanity. So, yeah, definitely. Um, and you, as you just mentioned, like at at that point, um, before you were seeing, I think that second therapist that you mentioned, like you were already taking medication to address a mental health disorder, not not the one that you actually have, but a mental health disorder. Um, so that Correct. that that kind of shows a little bit of the difference between like types of intervention. Um, you know, that you can have talk therapy, uh, or you can, um, the other common one is some kind of medical intervention when it comes to, uh, medication. Um, so during that time they, when you were on, you said Ritalin and what else? Uh, I think I was on Wellbutrin or Prozac or something like that. Some pretty generic depression med. Gotcha. Was that a, um, was that a, had your regular physician prescribed you that, or was that a psychiatrist that you were seeing at that time that prescribed you those medications? Yeah, it was, it was a physician, um, which was not good. Um, I actually really liked that doctor. Uh, she ended up delivering my first kid, but it oh, was wow. just not the right, it was not the right combination for me at the time. Yeah. And that's always interesting for me. I mean, I've, you know, full, um, full disclaimer, you know, working with the BA in in psychology here in no way I'm qualified like a medical doctor or um you know masters or doctorate in psychology but it's always it's always interesting to me that um that doctors you know regular MDs prescribe uh medication like that um it's it's always fascinated me that that's something that that they have the that they seem to have the right experience for or I, I don't perceive that they have the right experience for, but maybe that's just my um, my ignorance in some way. But it's it's always something like I would I personally would never go to my regular doctor and ask them for any kind of depression medication. Like that doesn't seem like a good idea, um, especially since I don't talk with them about you know my emotional issues. Um, so as far as like the severity of my issues or how they flare up so that they can identify what was actually going on, it always struck me as odd that a medical doctor, um, would do that. But yeah. yeah uh, I think it's kind of weird that we don't have more therapy in psychiatrist appointments. Like, uh, do you see a psychiatrist right now? Uh, not currently, but I have seen one recently. Yeah. So, so for me, most of my psychiatrists that I've ever seen are appointments last between, four and ten minutes yep um and it's supposed to change my entire psychochemical makeup uh from information garnered in four minutes now has one guy that i saw um right after my my first daughter was born named sam and he was just incredible and he was like therapeutic he talked to me for like an hour um and i loved him uh but then he 
moved to Michigan, that jerk. Um, but, um, you know, the, I, it's really weird to me that we don't have like more therapy within psychiatrist appointments. Do you, do you feel that way sometimes? Yeah. I mean, my, with my experience with a psychiatrist and maybe I, I, I feel like this distinction is pretty clear, but maybe for anybody that doesn't know this distinction, we should clarify. Um, psychiatrists are, are usually MDs. They're medical doctors that just focused their, that has, have a focus on mental health and psychiatry. Um, so in the same way that a doctor might be a, um, you know, a cardiologist um, for, for the blood or, you know, that deals with cancer um, or bones, that this medical doctor specialized in psychiatry and, and mental health and in the ways that, um, that chemicals and, and brain chemicals interact with your mental health. So they're medical doctors. That is very different from, and but that's a medical doctor that specializes in psychiatry. That's different than what I was just referencing, which is a medical doctor that might be a general practitioner, general physician that can also prescribe you those same medications. So those are two different things, but they're still MDs. And then therapists are typically not MDs at all. They usually have at least a master's degree, maybe a doctorate degree in psychology. So they're focused much more on the um, like a general mental health as opposed to anything that's uh, focused on medical interventions. So figured that's my my brief synopsis about the differences between these things um right so but yeah now that you're talking about like you know more therapy in psychiatry so yeah these are medical doctors but they're dealing with emotional issues so you would hope that they would have that kind of experience and perception to um you know identify exactly what the person's dealing with how they how likely they might be to be receptive to medication um you know, the, the thing that I think of is, you know, if I'm like a particularly addictive personality and you would only know that by talking to me, um, there might be certain medications you don't want to prescribe me because they're habit forming. Um, and so my experience with a psychiatrist was uh, like kind of like what you said, like um, our regular checkups would not take very long. I think they were scheduled for 15 minutes and they usually lasted less than that. But our first meeting when I kind of like laid everything out as far as what I was doing, um, you know, what I was struggling with, why I was there to, you know, seeking out help that lasted for about an hour. And, um, that was much more so that he could see all the different dimensions of what I was struggling with. Um, and also, you know, to his credit, to identify areas that he didn't specialize in that I would need to uh, focus on. So, for example, when I first started going to um, see my psychiatrist, um, I went there for depression and anxiety, um, but I also was drinking pretty heavily. And so he kind of told me that, like, all these things that I'm going to tell you to do, and some of them are medication-based, and some of them are just, like, regular, like, you need to eat better food and you need to exercise better, um, are really not going to help you if you're drinking heavily. So you probably need to address that, and I'm not the person right. that's going to help you out with that. Um, so, yeah, it was – to go back to what your original statement was, yeah, the one, I do wish that those – things were like more linked together that a psychiatrist was more like a therapist who could prescribe you medication that would seem to be like the the best of both worlds um but that that has not been my experience my experience has been um 
that they're, they're much more focused on the medical intervention side of addressing mental health, which is still very necessary and very positive. But I do wish that those um, those skills were more linked than they appear to be from my experience. Yeah, and, and I think sometimes the lack of communication between the therapist and the doctors, things will get lost in translation. So I saw a doctor, or I saw a therapist a little while ago that was actually in the same um, building as my psychiatrist was. So they were, they were able to like share notes with each other and they were able to kind of um, tell each other how I was doing so they could kind of bounce off of each other what was going on. And I love that approach because they were able, like, like you know, I feel like a whole team instead right. of, you know, two different components of like the same, the same uh, picture, you know. Yeah. And, and to the credit of my psychiatrist, he wanted to know that information. He wanted to know the um, the therapist that I was going to and he wanted to know any, any other professionals that I was working with so he could um, confer with them. Um, but as far as like an actual like combined team approach, that's not really um, what I got. And to be frank, on the other side, um, you know, every therapist that I have gone to, so I've gone to four different therapists in my life. Um, some of them have asked about, in fact, they've all asked about the medication that I was on um, or if I was on any. But I don't think any of them have actually directly um, referred me to a psychiatrist for medical intervention. So none of them have said, hey, I'm, I'm really liking what we're doing here in our sessions together, but uh, I think that you might need, um, you know, some kind of antidepressant because it seems like uh, some of these feelings that you're having are not necessarily related to what you're experiencing. They probably might have something to do with the chemical imbalance. I've never had that happen. And um, part of that might be that I've never asked. You know, I've never... Um, I always feel a little bit like either sheepish on one side to like, you know, to say, to suggest something to a, a medic, to a um, mental health professional. Or on the other side, I oftentimes feel that because I have even just the small background in psychology, that I don't want them to feel like I think I know too much about it, that I would be so arrogant to understand what exactly I need. But those are like the two things that I often like. I'm afraid of to like, you know, reasons why I wouldn't say like, Hey, is this something I should be pursuing? I'm usually waiting for them to lead me, um, into what kind of things I need to be doing, not the other way around. Um, and that's probably not good. You probably should speak up. Um, you know, if you think that some kind of, um, intervention has helped you in the past, or you've heard about something, even if it's medication and ask them to explain like, is that something that I should be doing? And if they're a reasonable and experienced person, even if they disagree with that intervention or even if it's not their expertise, they should be able to point you in the right direction of how to get additional help. I would, I would totally agree. And I think that there's like a like a weird split in the profession and kind of the way that's set up right now um, where people won't do that, you know? Um, like in education, there's big camps, you know, there's behaviorists, there's, there's a constructivist which is sort of what i am um and people like like for me personally because of my belief system of how education should work i would never refer to a person to a behaviorist because i don't think that it works as well and i think that it's honestly unethical um so you know the idea of me referring a person to that kind of 
therapy just doesn't make sense in my brain, you know? I can't imagine that a therapist would think that chemicals are as important or a chemical person would think that therapy uh, is as important. Um, you know, no, no fault of their own, but I mean, I think the research shows that chemicals and therapy together uh, are what work the best. So having that together would definitely be a, an advantageous thing for all of us. Yeah. And that's, um, and that's something that I have less <laughs> from, you know, these statements I'm about to make, I have less evidence for, but like I grew up in a household where medical interventions were seen as positive, but that they should be a last resort. And this was not so much about mental health. It was about things in general that, um, that medical, that when I say medical intervention, I mean specifically medication, ongoing medication that, um, you know, if there was a more natural way to address something, you probably should do it. Um, yeah, I mean, the less chemicals, the better, right? Right, and more just because like chemical interactions are an interesting thing, and um, like the long-term effects of using different chemical interventions and how different chemicals might, you know, once again, like inter- interact with one another, might have adverse effects. Um, and I, and I, but I also think it went deeper than that. I think it was more just a philosophy of don't rely on something external if you can do that same thing yourself that it kind of teaches you a a, a reliance on something um outside of you and um you know looking back on that i don't i don't know how i actually feel about that i mean the 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 important part of that statement is if you can get the same result and that's a hard thing to prove you know what i mean like you know can i like for example, one of the things that I've read um, is something like you know that um, good diet and exercise are um, almost as good at, at treating um, mild to moderate depression as almost any medication. They have similar success rates, um, and one of the reasons for that is because um, when you're dieting and exercising, you're affecting neurochemicals, right? Um, not in the same way that a that an antidepressant, for example, would, but you're still affecting positive neurochemicals. So it would make sense that you would have, you know, positive effects in a similar way. Um, But the question is, like, how, like, you know, can you make that statement for all things in all places? And I I said mild to moderate depression on purpose, that, you know, the evidence seems to be less prevalent for people with severe depression, that those natural interventions are as, as effective as other types of you know, interventions like medication. And depending upon the mental uh, health disorder that you have, medication needs to be a part of it. And I I just, I don't know if that's how you feel about bipolar, but everything that I've read about bipolar is that medication needs to be a part of that interaction, that you can't rely on natural interventions for that. Oh, I'd be, I'd be hosed without meds. Um, there, there's, there's, there's like no, I mean, like, um, I think I mentioned before that if I eat fast food, I feel like crap afterwards. Um, you know, so eating healthy is a big part of it and staying active, you know, like an, uh, yeah, an object in motion will stay in motion versus an object at rest will stay at rest. Um, so if I keep going and I keep, you know, a schedule, then that really helps me a lot. Um, but there's no replacement for fixing the chemicals that are in my brain um, to, to, to lithium. You know, you can't, like, like, like a diabetic can eat really well, but they still need insulin, you know, um, and yeah. that, that's, that's the, that's just the nature of the beast. And I'm probably going to be on meds until the day I die and it's fine. And I've kind of come to terms with it. Um, but there's a, um, 
there's a real misunderstanding, I think, with a lot of people who who look at medication sometimes and, and they think that, you know, um, because of the side effects or because of the chemical nature of it or because of the artificial nature of it or whatever it might be, that it's a bad thing that you're taking medicine when in fact it is literally saving my life <laughs> all right. the time. And, um, you know, I, I don't like it any more than the next guy, but I also am completely debilitated without it. And I don't, um, I don't think that people who are on the outside of this world, um, who are kind of looking in, don't understand that, you know, I, I think most people who take meds like myself don't like taking them. I know mm -hmm. a lot, of, I, I know a few people with bipolar. Um, actually, I know a lot of people with bipolar, but I know a few people with bipolar who think that do the same thing that I think about them, where it kind of makes you boring and it makes you not interesting. And it kind of turns the world into like a black and white sort of perspective. And things are so much more vibrant and so much more interesting and so much more beautiful when you're unhealthy but that's the insanity creeping in mm -hmm. um so it might not be real but it's still what the feeling is and um you know i don't like taking meds i i really don't at all like it's a thing that i wouldn't do if i didn't have to yeah um but uh i also acknowledge that you know it's a it's, it's a fight that i can't i can't fight for the sake of my family um yeah. i'm wondering about you though Mm -hmm. um, what, what, what have been your experiences with therapy? Are, are they, are they all good? Are they all bad? Are there some in the middle? Um, you know, it, is it I mean, to bring it back to the theme of today? Um, cause you know, medicine can be good and bad. We could talk about that a different day, <laughs> but is there like with therapy, is there a, a, what's your, what's been your theme? Has it been positive or negative or what? Um, I don't know if I've had negative experiences. Um, most of the therapists I know have been pretty good people um seemingly really wanted the best for me and wanted to work with my issues um some of them have just been less effective um so i think the first therapist that i saw i saw for about a year and a half and um we had some pretty decent conversations got to address a lot of different um you know, themes, and uh, he really got me out of my shell in a way that um, I wasn't comfortable with before. He, the, one of the, the lasting things from that first therapist that I remember is um, he was really big on imagery and metaphor. Uh -huh. um, and so one of the things he's like, he was like trying to conjure up. He's like is what he was. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, he never like professed like a particular, um, you know, like, you know, uh, therapy style or, or psychoanalyst that he was particularly fond of, but I could, I could definitely see that. Um, anyways, he was trying to get me to, uh, cause I was really uncomfortable, especially at that point in my life, like of showing weakness and, and seeing weakness as anything other than failure. Um, and he really tried to help me with, to find an image that of what I was doing in therapy in a way that didn't seem weak. Because you you do come to therapy usually in a state of maybe it's crisis or maybe it's just like weakness you know weakness in the sense of like being beaten you know like that there's something that you're that you have to deal with that things are not the way that they should be, um, and so I came up with this image in in that in with him about like a wounded soldier that like you wouldn't consider a wounded soldier to be a weak person. Like they they have wounds inflicted upon you know, upon them 
in the course of doing battle and maybe doing battle bravely. Um, but that like wounded soldier needs to go to a doctor and that doctor needs to remove his armor to, tr to like tend to his wounds. And that's a moment of vulnerability. Um, so yeah, that, and that was a really cool idea for me that I could be, you know, I didn't even use the term vulnerable then, but I, I'll use it now, now that I, I'm more comfortable with that term, like that I could be vulnerable with a person and that, 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 that didn't indicate that I was, um, weak or, or that there was something, um, you know, inherently wrong about me, that I was someone that had, yeah, that had stuff gone on in his life that I had been fighting against for a long time and I needed someone to, you know, to treat my wounds as it were. Um, and so that was a very helpful, helpful thing for me. Um, that, yeah, so I, I do you want me to just keep. I can I can go through a whole bunch of different stories. I don't know if you have if you have any thoughts about how, that. How, one your, or... how are your bad ones? <laughs> See that that's the thing is that the bad ones really, um, the bad ones were more just about how they ended. Um, so like that particular therapist, the reason why I stopped going to see him was he got to the point where he said that um, I had too many different significant comorbid things going on and that I, we really couldn't address them individually because they were all interacting with one another and that they were significant enough that I, they probably could not be dealt with without inpatient care. And once again, for anybody that doesn't know the difference, inpatient care means that you are not necessarily hospitalized, but that you are um, in receiving treatment in a medical facility. And that's probably where you're staying. You know, there are some types of inpatient care where you get to, like, leave during the day and then come back, you know, at night or something like that. But typically inpatient care means that you're at some kind of hospital or medical facility, and that's where your mental health is being treated. So people that are in significant crisis or they're suicidal or, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why you might be in inpatient therapy. Um, but that's, that's essentially what he recommended was that, um, you know uh, – he said that basically that he couldn't help me the way that I need that I needed to be helped. And so I should consider inpatient care. And the moment that he said that <laughs> I, I was done. Like, I think we had a couple sessions after that, but after that point I was, it was basically like, you think, you think that I'm so messed up that you can't help me is essentially how I interpreted what he was saying. And I don't want to, huh? Yeah. I, I don't know. Looking back, I, I question a lot of things about that interaction um, but yeah, that's, that's the point where I came to where it was just like, I don't know why we're even talking to each other anymore. I'm not willing to follow your advice, which is to, you know, put my life on hold and go into an inpatient center. Um, and you don't, so I don't know why we could, why we would continue a therapeutic relationship if I'm not going to follow your advice. Right. So, exactly. That's, that's yeah. sort of defeats the whole purpose of it. So that was the bad. I mean, there were other little things, more just about how our personalities meshed. Um, but overall, like I've never like, and that was probably the most um, dramatic negative experience I've had in therapy. Other other therapists that I've had since then, it just more didn't work out. Um, you know, we would like I had a therapist after that where we just would talk and talk about like. Like, I'm a, like, obviously, I have a podcast. I like philosophy. I like talking about abstract ideas, but that's all this guy would talk about. And I felt like we never 
moved past that into anything significant. Um, so we just didn't mesh. Um, and so that's the kind of other experiences that I had, but the, like the most negative experience I, I've ever had was that one that I just described where to me, it felt essentially like a therapist giving up on our, on, on the process of our therapeutic relationship. So and that's kind of suck. I guess a patient, like having to feel that as well, it's really defeating to, to, to have a doctor say no more. Like if you, if you were a cancer patient, and the doctor was like, you know what? You have too much cancer. I don't know if we can well, do this but, anymore. I mean, that's <laughs> you know, not really fair know. either, though, right? I mean, you know, it's kind of like a do- like a, a cancer, you know, what, what are they called? Doctors Oncologist. That- Oncologist. You know, it's kind of like an, un- to me, the, the metaphor would be more like uh, you doing chemotherapy, you know, as a, as a means of addressing your um, cancer and then your oncologist comes in and says unfortunately the chemo hasn't suppressed the cancer enough we need to you know do some kind of surgery we need to remove something sure you know from, you know something like that um, that's fair and that yeah. would be a if, if you trust that person and you don't want to die of cancer that would be a reasonable thing to do is to um, you know, take a take the guidance of a more advanced treatment. I just wasn't willing to do that, <laughs> and um, I look back now at my reasoning for that, and it was m- less that I thought that I didn't need it, and more that I just like didn't want to mess up my career and didn't want to mess up like my life. Essentially, I didn't want to put everything on hold because I thought that it would that that would mess things up. In the long run, if that had worked, if a six-month stint in a medical facility would have helped me more significantly, I mean, that was when I was, like, 24 years old. Like, that was five years ago. So maybe that would have saved five years of, of time getting there. I don't I don't know. Um, so I, I'm not going to say that he even gave me the wrong advice. I just know that I didn't take it, and I know that right now that I, that I don't feel – and my th- my current therapist doesn't feel like that intervention is necessary. So um, maybe it was the right advice at that time, but I didn't take it. And if I wasn't going to take his advice, I didn't see the point of continuing that relationship. Makes sense. Uh, can I can I tell you about my bad experience with a therapist? I mean, I wish you wouldn't, but I'm sure you will. <laughs> I'm joking. Ouch. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna talk about that the next time I'm in therapy. Um, <laughs> betrayal, betrayal on podcast. Yes, my my, my podcast. What's buddies. that? What's that Doesn't... line? Top ten anime anime betrayals or whatever that. Anyways, okay, never mind. I don't, I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it's a there's a guy named um, uh, his name is significant. We'll call him Joe. And, I was gonna uh, say Joe. you're you're calling out all your therapists by name. <laughs> I am definitely not going to do that. FYI, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Joe, feel Joe, free to do that if you want to. Yeah, Joe, Joe is no longer uh, alive. He he was okay. an old guy when I saw him. So, um, but uh, Joe was like this uh, the '60s dude. Um, just just picture a guy from the '60s. You know, long white hair, long white beard. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure he smoked weed on the weekends, you know, that kind of guy. Um, he was in his uh, I think 70s when I saw him. And uh, he was a student of Eric Erickson, which 
it sounds kind of cool, but there's actually like pictures of him and Eric Erickson like in his office with with their you know with his arm around Eric Erickson. Like that's hmm. so cool to me. <laughs> like that's like incredible. Um, and he was a great uh, he was a great guy and a really nice really nice fella. And I, I, I really liked talking to him. Can you remind me, uh, Erickson, what what field he comes from? Oh. Uh, psychosocial psychology. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah. so he he was the guy. Um, you know, trust versus mistrust. Mm-hmm. Um, identity versus identity diffusion, uh, autonomy versus shame, that guy. That's, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's a lot of social interaction. Um, I just say psychosocial psychology. That's redundant. Anyway, um, so he, uh, really cool guy. Great, great to talk to. Um, but he, um, but he, uh, he was a relativist, right? And, um, I, uh, and I kept seeing him for like these like moral issues that I was dealing with, like these moral quandaries. And he just like, it doesn't matter. Whatever you define your truth as is your truth. And I'm just like, you're missing the point, bro. <laughs> like, I need your help to get through this, this this moral crisis. He's like, well, it doesn't matter because you're defining it as your truth. And I'm like, okay, listen, psychologist, slow your roll. I'm helping you. I'm asking for your help to get through this situation. Although and, uh, this might be a good work. point to distinguish if, you know, if, if medical professionals tend not to be, you know, into the actual like psychology of a, of an issue, psychologists can offer moral advice, but that's not their forte necessarily. Absolutely. Right. Yep. So, so he's like, what, so, so I, I was, I was, um, I was engaging in some addictive behaviors is what the problem was. And I was like, I need help getting through this. But I think my addictive behaviors are immoral. And I need your help to stop doing them. And he was like, well, define it as you want to define it. And I'm just like, damn it. Um, so, so I, I, you know, it just didn't work because he didn't think what I was doing was a problem. And I thought it was a, it was a really serious problem. And eventually I was just like, I can't anymore. I'm just done. Um, I kind of cut ties with him. But so it wasn't for like him doing anything hurtful. It was just for him being a damn relativist, which is unforgivable in my brain. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, just a big disconnect in like our goals for me, you know. Yeah. Um, he, he he was still a cool guy. I just I just didn't drive with him. Yeah. Going from uh, from negative experiences, I, I don't want to assume too much about your current relationship with your current therapist. But is that a more positive thing now? And if so, if it's more positive now. What about that dynamic or about other dynamics that have been more positive um, have worked for you? So, you know, we just identify that relativism is a really not a good thing for you and wouldn't be for me either. Um, but if, if, you know, what about your current dynamic or other dynamics have been more positive um, that you've experienced? So my current therapist is uh, sort of new to me. Um, I haven't been seeing her since uh, just before like mid December, I started seeing her. Um, so I've seen her with my wife, and uh, it's really helpful. Um, she seems to be really into, you know, pretty, pretty straight up CBT, um, cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy is a mouthful, um, which is um, when you sort of think about your behavior and you kind of reflect on it, you, you use your cognition to change your behavior. It's, it's, it's what you think of when you think of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, the person I saw before her was a guy, we'll call him Joe, like the other guy, same guy, Joe. Um, and uh, I saw a lot of Joes that I see for therapists. Um, and this Joe was really, really, really helpful for me. 
he was a really good guy and he um he's actually trauma informed therapy which is sort of like when you look at all the bad things in your life and you kind of figure out how they've uh, changed you for the for the worse and how they've changed your behavior so a lot of like childhood looking into um and reflecting on that and trying to move forward from that um so you know address the, the crap in your past and you'll be fine today is sort of the idea um but he was a really good guy and uh he really cared uh a lot about me i think um despite my obstinance with him <laughs> um at first and um you know, whenever i first see, start seeing a guy it's just like it's just verbal verbal jousting for like a month and then mm-hmm. we, we get down to brass tacks because i don't know about you tom but i like to talk and i like to sound <laughs> smart and i like to impress people with my fancy words um, yep. especially people who i know are smart <laughs> so um you know he, he just kind of was like at some point in time to like, cut the shit and talk to me yeah. and um and that really helped out a lot um and we did a lot of really good work um you hear my dog shaking in the background, <laughs> um, but uh, but um, yeah, he he um, he helped me sort of work through a lot of. Uh, remember when we talked about all the medicines that I went through a couple summers ago? Right. Yeah. Um, he he was the guy who I was seeing when all that was going on. So there was a lot of there's a lot of um, processing of all that and a lot of anger um, because I was you know, so screwed up for so long and. Um, yeah, he, he just helped me through. I really, I really, I really miss talking to him <laughs> sometimes. Uh, but he, yeah. he actually quit because one of his kids got sick, so I couldn't uh, see him anymore. Yeah, gotcha. Unfortunate. But. Yeah. Yep. The um, person that I that I currently see is probably my best um, therapeutic experience, and for some of the similar reasons that you just outlined, like um, she's not aggressive in the in like the classic sense but she's very direct and she's very disarming um sure. but it, in a way that like really calls you on your stuff um like i i was doing i think i mentioned this before like i kind of have a script at this point that i yep. um when I'm talking to people about mental health and talking to, to therapists, I'm like, I need to give you as um, you know as much information in a short amount of time to give you a, like a perspective about why I'm here and like what's going on. And so here is like my two paragraph you know summary of everything that I've done and experienced. And here you go. And the my previous therapist usually would unpack a lot of that, um, and she did too, but she very quickly got. This is very, a, 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 my experience. A, a good tell of a good therapist is that, you know, you're not here for the things that you're comfortable with. You're here for the things that you're not comfortable with. So she very quickly like got beyond all of that and was like, but "What about this?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, I haven't come up with a clever way to explain that yet. So <laughs> let's <laughs> let's yeah. slow down a little bit." <laughs> and then, um. But she's also, uh, I don't know if she'd consider herself a, like, you know, a cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapist, but she is very much more uh, focused on activity in a way that my um, previous therapists uh, were not. So every, every um, therapy session, she has homework for me. And usually it's things that I never would have done for anybody else. Um, like she got me to dance at a wedding that I was just at. And I, first of all, I hate weddings. Oh yeah. That's awesome, dude. No, you don't understand. I hate weddings and I hate dancing. I hate dancing so much, but she got me to do it. That's cool though. And right? yeah, it, it was, and it wasn't 
my favorite thing, but I was, I was very proud of myself that I did it. Um, but that's like, I wouldn't have done that for like anybody else. Like, um, more so just because I found that her homework has always like helped me in some way. And they've always been like reasonable steps. One of the things that I like struggled with, um, with people in general, but also previous therapists is that sometimes the things that they tell you to do, they don't realize that they're like huge things. And so they'll ask you to do something. I can't think of a good example, but you'll be like, I'm not even kind of there. You know what I mean? And so like her asking me to dance, just to dance a little bit, didn't, she didn't like say how long she just like said, just dance at all. Um, like that was something that that was a manageable small step that I could do. Um, other stuff that she's gotten me to do is to like go to group therapy because I'm, I have I don't know if I'd call it social anxiety, but something like that. Um, I'm really uncomfortable. Dude, social anxiety has a podcast. <laughs> what, a, what a juxtaposition, right? <laughs> no, I think it actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, you and I are talking each other to each other, um, you know, from a distance, and Different the state. people that are, and the people that are listening to us are anonymous. You know what I mean, and they're uh, or if they're pe- even if they're people I know, they get to have their reactions like separate from me, and then yeah. they get to come and talk to me afterwards if they want to, but I don't get to see them reacting to it. Um, so, but I'm in group therapy now because she that was like her homework was to like go talk to other people that are like struggling through things that you are also struggling with. Um, so those two things, like the ability to like cut through the nonsense but in a very empathetic way um, and supportive way and like the ability to give me challenges that are reasonable and yet um, like, a, you know, difficult, reasonable and difficult um, have been the things that have been very positive about our dynamic. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my uh, therapist a while ago used to give me um, homework and it would always be like, do the dishes um or like you know walk the dog do a lot of laundry you selfish jerk and um yeah little things like that which didn't really they pushed me out of my comfort zone but they were more like get my head out of my ass kind of things um, yeah so i'm kind of jealous like i wish i, wish I had dancing i guess that's <laughs> a homework i'd be like yeah i'm all over that <laughs> um fun fact i'm actually not a good dancer um mm-hmm. Until I get liquored up, then I'm a great dancer. I, I think I'm a great dancer, and then I don't know if I'm actually a good dancer or not, but I don't care anymore. So all bets are off. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway. Anyway. So. Okay. What else do we want to talk about here? Um, I think when we said different types, we kind of already addressed different types a little bit, but like, you know, yeah. primary differences that we've noticed. Um, there's a couple different big schools of therapy uh, the mm-hmm. biggest ones that i can think of are um behaviorists and the, the current you know uh version of that being cognitive behavioral therapy and like the classic freudian psychoanal uh, psychoanalysts and those have kind of morphed into you know people that focus much more on your on your past and about your experiences and there's all sorts like of different op- yeah. sorry like joe my guy Right. And there's all sorts of different offshoots of those. There's like, it's, it's like, um, you know, Christian denominations. There's just like so many little different groups that, that like have fractured, you know, since the, um, the beginning of the 20th century. But 
Um, those are the two big ones. Uh, something that I remember reading, and I don't know if um, if you've seen anything like this, but there was so- some study that was done that found that the it that there was no particular method of therapy that was like more effective than the other, which I find personally hard to believe because <laughs> some of them just just seem to be so crazy. But the, the thing that I took from that was that there's something inherent in therapy that doesn't matter about the mode, um, that it's it's much more about you talking about your, your problems, um, that that's like the talking cure, like that's the thing that's actually doing the healing is you expressing yourself to another person um, in a significant and meaningful way. So I, I don't know if, if you had seen anything like that before. Uh, I, I think there's definitely different therapeutic models that work better for different people. But I guess yeah, just right. for anybody that – if there's anybody out there that is, um, you know, going to therapy for the first time, I would I would not worry so much about the kind of therapist that you're going to. Um, if they, they – they might say on their profile, if you, like, see, look up them up online or something like that um, – they might say if there's a particular method that they follow, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, Cause I, first of all, I don't, th- I don't think you're going to know if it's good for you until you try it. Um, and two, I think the biggest thing is that you go through the motions of actually developing a therapeutic relationship. Right. And, and, and get practicing talking about all the things that you hide away in closets, you know, like that's, that's a really hard thing when a lot of people first start off, you know, the, the idea of, I'm going to tell you about all the dirty little things that I don't want anybody to know about. Um, and just getting used to that is, is really helpful. Yeah. Cause that, that, that's really hard at the beginning. <laughs> that's really hard at the beginning. Um, so where do you want to go from there, Miles? Uh, I think we've gone through most of these uh, big topics here that we outlined. Is there um, a different place that you want to turn the conversation? Um, I, I think I think we should probably start wrapping stuff up, um, but you know, just just to kind of bring it back to like that that um, there is a purpose to it, and that it might be a difficult process in the beginning. And all these stories are not meant to necessarily deter people from going to therapy, but definitely to help people be more comfortable in the process of going to therapy by humanizing it or whatever uh, we're trying to do here. <laughs> um, but the idea of um, you know, that, that, that if you do experience something negative or if you don't find the right fit of the first person or if you don't find the fit of the second person, that it's okay and that there is a guy out there for you or there's a girl out there for you, a girl, woman out there for you, um, and that, you know, um, it's a process, but it takes time, but it, it, you'll, you'll, you'll get better and you will, you will benefit from it. Yeah, I think and what you just said about, like, um, having, like, giving it a shot and not like, and that there is a person out there for you. I I would say two things about that one, like really give it a shot, like to the best of your ability, really um, invest yourself into this, into this, um, into this relationship that you're developing with this person. Cause that's really what therapy is. It's about developing a relationship with somebody else Um, and really follow their lead that they're there. They are the professional and so really, even if it sounds strange or, or wonky or like just weird, just kind of go with it. And even if it turns out to not be something that's effective for you, I think you'll still grow from that experience. Um, but the other side of that is if something really doesn't work for you, don't be afraid to change it up. 
one of the strangest things that's happened to me in the last um, kind of year is that all of the positive, not this is a, too fast of a generalization, the new positive experiences that I have in my life are all with um, older women. <laughs> um, like my boss is someone that I, I go to a lot that's kind of like um, a pillar of like, you know, certainty. Um, and she's an, an older woman. My therapist is an older woman. My mom is someone right. that I've always gone to. And right. all my therapists before this woman were, were men. And so I'm not saying that I like needed a woman therapist necessarily, but that the change in the dynamic is pretty evident to me. Right. And so like, yeah, it's like, like, don't be scared of that love. Like that was something that I, that I looked for in the beginning. I'm like, I don't want to talk about, you know, these things, you know, with a woman, (laughs) like that that, 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 made me like very uncomfortable. Um, And now I realize that, I don't know if it's the fact that she is a woman, but like that my fear of, of that dynamic um, would have kept me from what is a very positive thing in my life. So don't be afraid to change it either because that might be exactly where you need to be. So, okay. All right. Thanks Tom. I appreciate it. Definitely. Uh, So good talk. I never know how to end these, but I appreciate you. And, um, yeah, I'm glad that we're doing these more regularly. So we will, um, yeah. So I guess just quickly to talk to the audience at the end here, um, if you have any thoughts or feelings, we would really appreciate the feedback, uh, Facebook group, uh, conversations for a better life, Twitter convo for better. Um, I think we have an Instagram account too, convo for better. We do. So we an Instagram account? I didn't even know that. It's a secret miles. You shouldn't go there. I, po- I post my own <laughs> I've been stuff. Blocked on there. Probably. <laughs> um so it please uh it it not it doesn't even have to be like that you thought it was great or that you you related to it even if it's like a negative thing uh, i would appreciate any any feedback um that the audience is willing to give especially if you made it to the end of the episode um and if there's anything that we that you would like us to, to talk about more or any particular topic um that you would like us to address i also would would love that feedback as well so um that's about it. Anything else that you can think of, Miles? I think I'm good. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. You'll have a good night.